The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. The wind of it is first offering just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Welcome, welcome, everybody. This is Payoff Pitch, Action Network's baseball betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM. It is Thursday, October 20th. Your host, Brendan Glasheen, with guest Colin Whitchurch, Action Network senior editor, and Sean Zarillo joining us today, Action Network senior writer. Follow both of those guys over on the Action Network app, where they track all of their picks. They provide analysis and where you can find uh, good numbers to bet baseball this season. These two have been here all year long, if you haven't been familiar with that. You can also find our Payoff Pitch picks by searching Payoff Pitch Podcast in the Action Network app. We will join you every weekday during the postseason, if you are not aware already, except there's an off day, I think, next Thursday. So no show then. There's no game. I think it's the day before the World Series. So we won't do a show, but when there's a game, there's a show. Pretty simple. Let's discuss. We have a game. One game today. We're, get, we're coming down to the wire on this thing. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New ALCS, Yankees-Astros, Game 2, Luis Severino, Framber Valdez, your pitching matchup. Astros got the win in Game 1, 4-2. So Houston with the 1-0 series lead. Yankees are now plus 225 to win the ALCS. Houston remains a significant favorite at minus 275. And uh, the other thing about Houston is they are the clear favorite as of right now based on the odds to win the World Series over at BetMGM. Sean Zarillo, uh, the Yankees, all the discussion coming into game one. How would they get their pitching sort of back on track? It's a tough spot, making the travel. No celebration after the DS win over Cleveland. 
with now a game in in the books and they stayed in Houston in comfy hotel beds, hopefully. How do you approach this game two? I like the Yankees quite a bit in game two. I think they have the starting pitching advantage. You look at the expected ERA this season for Luis Severino at 2.9, for Framber Valdez at 3.3. Severino points to having the advantage there, but what I really like from him is his recent sample. Came off the aisle in September, started throwing back closer to 97, 98 miles an hour, which is where he sat back in 2018 when he was last fully healthy. Carried that into his one postseason start against Cleveland sitting around 97 and a half miles an hour. So his stuff has certainly come up relative to where it was earlier in the season. Throws his slider a ton, which the Astros struggle against. They rate closer to league average against sliders than they do against fastballs or changeups, which are the other two pitches in his arsenal. That slider can definitely keep their right-handed hitters on keeping them in their lesser split as well. As a righty, the Astros much better against lefties. The other end of the matchup, Framber Valdez, Generates a ton of weak contact, bit of a unicorn because his ground ball rate, pop-up rate combined over 75% of the time. The only pitcher who rates higher than that is in the Yankees bullpen. So Framber Valdez, in terms of a starting pitcher, rarely allows fly balls to the outfield. The Yankees rely on scoring runs via the home run. Definitely an advantage in his favor. He just puts the Yankees in their more favorable split because they did excel more against lefties than righties. They also crush curveballs which is his most commonly used pitch besides his sinker. One thing, too, that I think is a really interesting fit for this game, the Astros, a good defensive team, rated fourth. The Yankees were first on the season, but all of the Yankees or all the Astros' positive value came in the outfield. They rated below average at every infield position. Jeremy Pena was above average at shortstop, but the replacements they used other than him at shortstop were below average. And Bregman, Altuve both had very bad seasons relative to their career norms. So you're giving me a ground ball pitcher with a below average defense and an above average outfield. That is not the hit that you want to look for, the fit that you want to look for. So the Yankees, I give the starting pitching advantage here, the offensive advantage because the splits, the defensive advantage, particularly in terms of the fit, give the bullpen advantage, home field advantage to Houston. So I like the Yankees here in both halves. Down to about plus 117 for the first five innings, plus 108 for the full game, or plus 126, I should say, for the full game. Higher price target on the full game because that Houston bullpen advantage. And I also like the under seven to about minus 115. The money lines have come down closer to my price targets. The under was closer to minus 120 last night. That has moved down closer to minus 110. So the under moving against us, but the money line seemingly moving with us. Yes, plus 125 right now on BetMGM. The total's at seven, um, even money there. And yeah, so that that all sets up. Valdez did make one start against New York this season. It was back in June, and he, he pitched okay. He allowed one home run, but he went six innings deep, six plus, and sort of limited the damage with that lineup. Colin Whitchurch, Yankees, maybe off adrenaline, not an ideal situation, as I mentioned to Zarello to set us up here, but they get an early lead and then Houston sort of settles in and takes control of that game. But seeing the number on the Yankees, does it tempt you to want to take them as well today? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a ton to add. Zarello uh, said everything that I was going to say in terms of uh, liking the Yankees. I, I do think that I am I'm pretty strongly aligned on both halves for the Yankees and also the under. 
big fan of Severino. And one of the things I will add is that I will be playing Severino's K prop today as well. I know how hard the Astros are to strike out. Game one actually had the biggest strikeout discrepancy between two teams in postseason history. The Yankees struck out 17 times. The Astros struck out two. If you had under three and a half strikeouts on Jamison Tyone last night, one of the easiest wins you'll get all postseason, he struck out zero. But Severino is a different animal. And and Zarilla said he's he's been looking more like his pre-injured self lately. He actually, for all the shortened season that he had with injuries, he actually faced the Astros twice back-to-back in July, struck out seven in one start, four in another. 11 combined strikeouts over 12 innings in those two starts. And he looked solid in those outings. And that was before he ramped up his velocity, like we mentioned. So Severino, I think, is in a really strong matchup. My only concern with taking the Yankees is, like Zerillo mentioned, the Yankees are very reliant on the home run. Valdez does a great job at suppressing the home run. But again, the defensive edge there with, with Houston's defensive shortcomings in the infield, I still think, Makes New York the smart play. I think under is my favorite play of all of these, but I'll be on the Yankees both halves. And then Severino, as I mentioned, over four and a half strikeouts is minus 120. Valdez's strikeout prop is a little more interesting right now at MGM. You can get over four and a half at a heavily juiced minus 155. There are some over five and a halfs out there in the market where you can get the over at plus money. It's generally a stay away spot for me. Like I said, the Yankees struck out a ton on Wednesday night. Valdez isn't the most strikeout pitcher there is, but generally this is a stay away, but I would probably lean over on his at four and a half. I just don't want to pay that juice. But Severino strikeout prop I love. These strikeout props always worry me because at least, well, early in the series, and it's a seven-game series, you still got to let the guy get out there and probably throw a minimum a four, five, unless he gets completely shelled, right? Um, I just can't get out of my head when you get to a game four or five in a DS or, or, or DS series like the ALDS or NLDS. It's just, it gets more desperate as the series continues. So hooks are, are quicker by managers. So the strikeout props are always fascinating and, lay, and laying some juice there always makes it like, oh Yeah, and they've been, they've been very profitable, especially with teams facing elimination. Right. Uh, game five in Yankees-Guardians, we had the under on both Cortez and Savali. Obviously, Savali only lasted one out. Cortez actually pitched fine, but again, it was an elimination game. He was on short rest. I think his over-under was three and a half. He left with three strikeouts after four innings. Seen a lot of success on, particularly when teams face eliminations. I don't I don't have the data here to see how profitable that's been long-term, but generally, once you get into elimination games, looking at the unders on these strikeout totals has been a, a decent way to approach things. Good stuff. We'll, we'll keep that in mind as these series continues. One, uh, one last thought here on, on the Yankees. Not one last thought. We're going to be with you all month, but... A thought here on the Yankees is, of course, they're a public team. We all know that. They're down 1-0. Explosive offense, popular superstars, pending free agent that everyone's talking about this offseason for sure and Aaron Judge. But point being is, Yankees have the longest odds to win the World Series now. Over at BetMGM, they are plus 400. Zerillo, when you look at the number, do you need to see something else? Do you need 2-0 Houston to be interested in betting the Yankees? How do you look at taking on a team in the final four now and finding the correct number, the correct value to take a, take a, take a shot on a team to, to win the whole thing, because it's like, Oh, we haven't had a number like this since the summertime. The best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day. 
But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah, first, I would want to make sure that I show value on their individual series price that they're currently in, and I certainly do right now. I made the Yankees series price around plus 230. You can get as high as plus 280, plus 285 out there. So I would bet that individually, but I have an AL pennant position on the Astros, so that's one reason I don't want to hedge. And then I also like their game two price at a more significant edge than I do their series price, so I'm just going to go ahead and play that game two line instead of playing the series line. But if you want more of a long-term future, you could go ahead and play that series price. Or what you can also do is roll that over. So you put a unit on their series price right now at plus 280. You say that bet wins. You take that 2.8 units that you've won, the unit that you risked initially, and you bet it on their World Series odds. So 3.8 units at say around minus 140, that's going to give you back another profit margin that is going to get you close to about plus 450 on your initial investment as opposed to the plus 400 that's out there. So take a series price, make sure you show value on it, and then play out a rollover with what you think the price will be in the next round. Add those together, see what it comes out to, because sometimes you may get more value betting a rollover than you would taking individual futures at this stage. It's a good breakdown. I think the other, you, you kind of said it in there, but folks, do the math before you go ahead and just fire and look at a number and you're like, oh, that the Yankees are plus 400 to win the World Series? Like, I'm in on that. I mean, yeah, I mean, play it out based on what else you've played previously in Zarillo's case or um, how you play a series price. So, because I, I would imagine that number is going to grow if they go if they go down 2-0, which is possible and they wouldn't be out of it. We've seen it in baseball. You can go down 2-0 on the road and go back home and change the whole thing. So Yeah, and stuff. if you, you know, if you really like the Yankees, if you have that Astros position, if you really like the Yankees, you've just created a free roll for yourself where right. you could bet 1.7 units on the Yankees at plus 280. If that loses, you basically break even. If that wins, you have a bigger profit margin than you would have on the Astros futures. So, you can definitely set yourself up either to middle to hedge or just to buy out completely and take the other side. I'm in a New York state of mind. Phillies, Padre, those two teams don't play till Friday, but we're going to do a look ahead on game three as the series shifts to Philadelphia. Series tied 1-1. Both teams have the same odds to win the NLCS. That's how close this series has been. Padres have the edge, though, uh, on the money line slightly at minus 115 for game three. Phillies at minus 105. Same exact lines, respectively. Padres minus 115. Phillies minus 105 for the first five line with Joe Musgrove going for San Diego. Rangers Suarez to get the start for Philadelphia. 
Zarilla, what's your angle on this game three? Is all momentum, and by momentum, I'm not talking about the Phillies clubhouse. I'm talking about the Action Network clubhouse. Is all the Phillies momentum uh, gone now, or, or are we still finding value on the Phillies? Slightly. I sure hope the momentum isn't gone, even though it definitely feels like the air has been sucked out of the room. You know, I want plus 100 basically on the Phillies in order to bet their series price now. I make them 52% still best of five going home. First three games at home just need to win three of them and have their two best pitchers going probably in games five and six. So certainly think it still sets up for them. Well, would still favor them as I did before the series. Just want even money or better in order to bet their series price. Then I'm looking for closer to plus 105 to bet them in either half of game three. I don't love the matchup for Ranger Suarez though. As I've talked about, the Padres swung less often than any other team in the second half after the trade deadline, after acquiring Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Sort of changed the temperament of that entire team at the plate. Ranger Suarez throws a lot of pitches outside of the zone, tends to nibble, get in trouble, get an extended count as he did against the Braves, and often gets out of trouble because he gets a lot of ground balls and he can get double plays. But if the Padres are not swinging at his pitches, he may end up walking in runners with the bases fall. And that is my concern for this matchup with him going against the Padres. It's just that command, that ability to pound the zone early is not there as it is with Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. So do not love the matchup for Ranger Suarez. I'll probably be betting his under on his outs recorded props, his under on a strikeout prop, over on his walks props. That's how I would go about betting game three right now from a pregame perspective. But if that line does move a little bit more towards the Philly side, closer to plus 105, plus 110, I'll have to consider jumping in on their money line. All right. Colin Whitchurch, your angle for Friday's game three in Philly. Yeah, as things are currently constructed right now, I'm actually leaning towards San Diego just because of that starting pitching edge. I know our, our good friend Anthony DeBundo will be pleased to hear me say that because I've been apparently banned from betting on the Phillies. After all the crap I've talked the last couple episodes and their first five complete meltdown yesterday, which I think most of us are still recovering from. Aaron Nola with two outs in the fifth inning and a two-run lead. Just could not get out of it. We lost our first five bet on the Phillies yesterday, uh, pouring one out for that one. But yeah, the Padres, I, I feel like with Musgrove on the mound. I mean, I'm a huge Musgrove fan. I think he's San Diego's best pitcher. He's been pitching the third game of all these series, but I actually like him more than Snell, like him more than Darvish at this point in the season. And Zarilla mentioned all of the concerns over Suarez at this point. So I think that the starting pitching edge is much starker than we're seeing on these money lines right now. The game in the first five right now have the same price point, San Diego minus 115, Philly minus 105. So I'd be throwing a San Diego first five bet out there right now before the line moves once we get closer to game time tomorrow. Also, big fan of the under in this game, seven and a half with Musgrove on the mound. Philly didn't use any of its key relievers in its game two loss with Jose Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, extra day of rest there. So the full game under seven and a half is where I'm looking going to keep an eye on that one and probably throw a San Diego first five bet out there before the price moves. Cause I would expect it to move in San Diego's direction. <laughs> is your cat. Okay. 
I think the cat is in, in responding to your love for Joe Musgrove um, is what I've gathered here. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Um, <sighs> Jesus. I come here. Enough. All right. I've been doing so well throughout this month without you being a complete dick. And now you're being a dick. Bat on cat. Yeah, looking back now, you got to go back to the middle of June when Musgrove faced this Phillies team and he didn't have his best stuff. But what jumps out to me, too, and of course, he's in the NL West. I, I realize he'll have opportunities to face this team more, but he, some of his better starts this year against the the L.A. Dodgers. So when you can handle that lineup um, in so far this year, as Colin laid out there, he has been there he's been their better guy or he's been the better pitcher of the guys in their rotation. He has emerged as their, their horse, their backbone uh, here down the stretch. So that's on Friday and Colin's looking at an under currently on uh, that game, which is at seven and a half now slightly juiced on the under as he hit on. So also, if you look back at that, uh, that June start where he got rocked, the yeah. game was actually one-to-one after five innings. The Phillies exploded for five in the sixth inning, obviously looking kind of dissecting these older games down it's obviously game three is not going to play out exactly like that but Musgrove handled the Phillies for the first five innings and that's where we're looking tomorrow just for the record Zerillo you're you're like slightly grinning uh I know you're tired it's been a long postseason but are you grinning because is that a first five bad beat that you had from uh early in the year I was you know I'm trying to remember back there's been so many. <laughs> just, uh, so the way, I'm, I'm the way you reacted yes. I'm like, but yeah, definitely still reeling from the one yesterday. You know, it's uh, we we cashed a couple of unders in the Bronx with the Yankees and Guardians, one in Cleveland, one in the Bronx. I should say that we're sweaty for the final few innings, so we we took it back on the chin a little bit yesterday for those ones. Nothing beats the Phillies uh, Diamondbacks game that the first five. That was one of the most crazy things ever. Um, also, man, just to re- how much that San Diego team has changed just since June against the Phillies. Uh, Jerks and Profar hit third. Jorge Alfaro was in the lineup. Eric Hosmer was in the lineup. Jose Azlacar, CJ Abrams, and Sergio Alcantara all started wow. that game for the Phillies. Uh, Craig Stammen and Tim Hill were the two pitchers who relieved Joe Musgrove out of the bullpen. So, yeah, things have changed quite a bit for San Diego wow. from June 23rd until today. All right. That'll put a wrapper on the episode, everybody. We will join you again tomorrow to take a look at this game just in case anything's changed Phillies Padres we'll get some other picks based on some line movement and then possibly look ahead in Yankees Astros as well depending on what happens tonight so for Colin Whitchurch Sean Zarillo Brendan Glasheen thanks for tuning in to Payoff Pitch presented by BetMGM don't forget to follow these guys Zarillo Whitchurch individually in the Action Network app you all have a great Thursday enjoy the action we'll talk to you again tomorrow Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.